0: Alright, guys, welcome back to Chewing the Fat. Please don't trim that fat. Of course, I'm Carlos.
1: And I am forever the real Queen Bee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I am the much maligned Dr. Johnson.
0: There we go. Flexing his vocabulary prowess again. What? The,
2: what the, hey, you he let her get away with <laughs> Queen B. That's it. Now listeners see the bias. They hear the bias.
0: Queen is in her name. That's just, you know, a play on what her actual government name is.
1: Thank you. But okay. seriously,
2: There's no B in her name. I'm just saying.
1: Just saying. <laughs>
0: But no, seriously, guys, this week's episode centers around religion in America, faith's revolving door. But first, off the back porch this week, Dr. Johnson, what do you have?
2: Well, I think it's appropriate on a show that we're discussing religion and religion's role in our society that we have a conversation about the new normal our current conditions have us under. This is a new normal in the standpoint of that. We're, we're digital, even though we live in a high-tech society. And I say the new norm is probably an extreme culture shock for people in my age group and above. And the one thing about all of this, the six feet apart, no large gatherings, the schools shut down, not being able to go to church, talk about timely with a topic on religion, and us having to adjust to new social norms. Whereas, I hate to say it, I think millennials have an easier time with this because, as we know, if, you, if you're sitting at a dinner table with a millennial, you spend half your time prying them away from their cell phone or their social media. Whereas us of a gentler older generation, we spend our time connecting with each other, telephone calls i tell you, the one thing that really has been a true development from all of this is not getting outside. Whereas these millennials weren't used to that as kids. You know, it was a punishment to make you come in when it turned dark.
1: Wait, Dr. Johnson, I think we got to put the millennials in the right category. This year, millennials will be 40. So I think that when we talk about those with a short attention span, we got to categorize them right and say Gen Z because millennials are starting to get mad. They 40 this year.
0: They're feeling the weight of the world.
1: They they up there. (laughs) Yeah. So true millennials made 40 this year. So millennials are now 40 and in their late 30s. I get that. It's Gen Z that we're talking about with these different characteristics. Honestly,
2: I think it's those Gen Z rascals too. And I could be wrong. And thank you for that correction, Queena. And I could be wrong, but I have to admit It just seems that uh, after our generation, and I think it was the the advent of the cell phone, you know, our generation, we we knew pagers. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that put a computer in your hand. Exactly. And I think once the computer got put in their hand, I think it changed them forever, even though it wasn't until around the year 2000 and later that it really became prominent within society. We grew up with the cell phones that you carried in a backpack with a an earpiece ear as large as a brick. But just to go back to the new normal, it's just a conversation about holding meetings virtually. You know, I like to read body language. And if they're sitting in front of a camera and you're having a meeting, you know, it's easy enough to just turn off the video. <laughs> it's easy enough to get up and walk away from the desk. But it's something to be said about how a person walks into a room, how they shake your hand. Uh, The consistent eye contact, the head nods, maybe the side conversations with someone, simply going to the movies. I've noticed that they've allowed movies to be released directly to video streaming, but it wasn't so much of watching the content, but the whole experience. And that's uh, and that's definitely uh, a new normal. The experience was buying the too expensive popcorn and the too expensive drink and the too expensive hot dog, sitting in the seat and just taking in that experience, the surround sound that. Too large screen and, and we won't even talk about missing sports. Oh, that's that's a whole nother conversation.
0: This is true, Dr. Johnson. But I think that your argument is a bit one sided in that when you look at the newer generations, they're already accustomed to that. Most people stream movies and have streaming services rather than cable nowadays. Most people don't actually attend sporting events. They're actually more into fantasy sports and, and, you know, esports like video gaming and things of that nature. So when you look at the newer generations, there's not a new normal for them. It's really more of the norm. It's really a culture shock to previous generations having to make that adjustment. Um, I, Queen, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree. Um, I also think that, you know, different personality traits are, are being affected differently. I'm a bit of an ambivert, which means that I am an introverted extrovert. So although I enjoy my solitude and being alone, I can also be the life of the party. So introverts is your time to shine, baby. We having a good time. It's OK. You
0: said that like you are the epitome of the tuxedo T-shirt.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. No, Carlos, you know what I was thinking Who's about? There? It? She's the epitome of the mullet. Yeah, yeah, the mullet. In the front, party in the back. <laughs> Business in the front, party in the back. That's it, the mullet, yeah. <laughs> and, and for all of those people that just think mullets were worn by white guys, you never saw this group called the Force Ds. Short curl in the front, long curl in the back.
1: I would also say if you better add troop to that.
2: I would definitely say and new addition for that matter. All those guys held from
0: the same era, which means that they were wearing similar hairstyles. Let's not forget that Bobby Brown had one too. That
1: is so true. Yep,
0: he sure did.
1: That is so true. But
0: yeah, man, that is crazy how just looking at all the social adjustments that we have to make But you only have to make those adjustments based on what generation you hail from. It's just crazy to think about that, man. But looking at how COVID-19 has literally changed how we go about living our lives, you know,
1: the scope of everything Um, has, has
0: literally changed.
1: I text you guys. Um, I don't know, cause y'all, I think y'all be ignoring my texts. <laughs> I, t- I text oh, y'all. She had to get that one in. Yeah, yeah, cause y'all don't <laughs> know what's be popping, so I have to let y'all know what's popping. So this week, part of the new normal on IG, you know, I was telling y'all last week that there've been a lot of IG concerts. So this week, it was Lil Jon versus T Pain. Oh man! There were two hundred and fifty thousand people.
2: Tuned Watching.
1: in. Tuned in. Tuned on IG. in. They couldn't sell that many tickets in no arena.
2: So I'll, You see what I'm saying? I'm happy you brought this up because the one that you had me all excited for, the Teddy Riley. David, it got
1: canceled.
2: And, and why did it get canceled?
1: Okay, so uh, let me tell you why. Oh,
2: I know why. I'm going to let you say it.
1: Well, from what I understand, it got canceled because they want to find a better platform. Nope. So, so, during... Well, that's Wait not a what minute. I let heard. i oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, let, let me tell you, though. So, during Lil Jon and T-Pain, they actually had to stop and log back on, and they had to do it three times, I guess because they were hitting capacity or something. And so, from what I understood or reading in the blogs, that they didn't want the same problem with Teddy Riley and Babyface. They were overloading you know, the did.
2: server, yeah. So, you know what I heard? That the old head decided, right, saw, and yeah, I, I, I'll say it. I'll be messy. I usually don't do this, but, I you know, everyone is aware. That's of Teddy a lie. <laughs> That's Everyone's a lie. Everyone aware of Teddy Riley's financial troubles within the last 15 to 20 years. And they said Teddy Riley wanted to get paid.
1: Oh, I didn't hear that. He wanted wow. to get yeah, paid. I didn't hear
2: that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I actually heard that on uh serious uh today on the radio that wow. he wanted to get paid
1: well he he should look at it this way because i guarantee you i guarantee you my bottom dollar that lil john and t pains streams went up significantly they benefited peripherally right
2: you don't have to be a direct benefit but it can be a peripheral benefit man i'm
1: telling you i i know their streams went up because i'm sure every single song they played people was going in
2: but you know what that tells me teddy riley might not own the rights to his music what you think carlos that's true (laughs) that may
0: exactly be true. (laughs) <laughs> hey, he may not have the right to perform that music without permission from the label that music was created on. Or he may have
2: sold those rights. This is true. To answer his financial woes.
0: Alleged financial woes.
2: Alleged. Alleged. Yeah, because <laughs> we <don't> know. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because we don't know. Yeah, I just want
0: to throw that out there. But done. I will
2: like to say this. It is a new norm. And I think that coming from this process, those concerts, I have to be honest. I've loved John Bon Jovi doing his music. Uh, Sheryl Crow. Last week, Queen of Brought Up D-Nice and the DJ parties. I love how Americans come together in troubled times. That was true during 9-11. That's been true now. Patriot. You know, NBA players stepping up and paying the salaries of arena workers when they know they're going to be out of work. i tell you, I I love it. Not too happy about being in the house, but yeah.
0: Man, I just love instances where You look at Texas Roadhouse CEO waived his salary for the rest of the year so that money can be diverted to aid for other people. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I really like hearing stories like that. It makes you want to give restaurants like that your patroness. And to be honest with you, if you pass by nowadays, the drive through lane is packed. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. So like you said earlier, you don't have to reap an immediate benefit from goodwill gestures. It's called paying it forward.
1: Right. Yep. Walk-On's here was giving away free burgers the other day. I know that's not the same as him giving away his salary, but the line was wrapped around the building. What's the name of
0: it? Walk-On's, Drew Brees Restaurant. Okay. He's doing his part to assist the community because something that's not being talked about is the fact that a lot of people are in a lot of financial strain right about now. Why do you think the idea of the stimulus even came to the table? Because they know that Americans' pockets are hurting.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's the other aspect of the unfortunate new normal, right?
0: Right. This is true.
2: Well, just know if you happen to be in that situation that thankfully we're doing a show of religion. So I feel very comfortable saying this, that our prayers are with you and hold on to God's hand. And I really think that we'll see ourselves through the other side of this.
1: I agree. Amen.
0: Yes, Dr. Johnson, thank you for that. And and that was an excellent segue into our core topic, Faith's Revolving Door. Everyone has had this tug of war, or at least are aware of the tug of war between the validation of religion and its place in our society. But I think what can't be debated is the fact of, in times of crises, whether one is a believer or not, Everyone subscribes to a higher power in times of extreme crisis.
2: Right? right. So, the one thing I'll say about that, right, and I like our title, like Religion in American Faith Revolving Door, because the one thing that was, you know, looking at the research and the one thing that I found fascinating about this topic was the decline in the number of believers within the U.S. and the rise in the number of individuals that label themselves as agnostic. They believe in something, they just don't know quite what. That's it. And I get it. I do understand it. I think that faith has to be challenged. I was talking before in our production meeting, having a conversation about the fact that in college, I did a a paper for my English class at ULM, NLU at the time, on the seven major religions, and it was eye-opening. One, to look at the similarities between a few of them. Also, during my time deployed to Iraq, I spent an inordinate amount of time researching Islam and the pillars of Islam. So when I look at the declining number of believers, it's just, for me, I don't know if it's a faith journey, or, or whereas people have to find it because we aren't as holding to some of the cultural norms of religion that we used to be. I think, Queenie, you've talked about this on several episodes. That we don't really pass down a lot of our beliefs and our habits like we used to. Our grandmas ain't taking us to church anymore. I mean, there was as a kid, it wasn't an option
0: at all. <laughs> you were being dragged in church, Wednesday, <laughs> and
2: Sunday. <I> wasn't... <laughs> Hey, oh no. See, you skipped a whole bunch of... Tuesday, that- Usher Bowl there meeting.
0: There you know. <laughs> Wednesday, midweek, proud hey, meeting. Choir
2: practice. Yeah, Choir practice So, Carlos,
1: should I tell the people now about you leading that song when we was in the youth choir or no? Uh-oh,
2: hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. I'm all for I that I can't one.
0: believe <laughs> that you chose this platform to do that to me. Like, you came from...
1: I can't believe you didn't expect hey, me to. Hey, I
0: don't want to hear Of course you. I did, but you know, I just...
1: Quina.
2: It's, it's, go,
0: queen. it's still, you know, uncomfortable to be sitting here <laughs> addressing it and you better not go into detail. Well,
1: Dr. Johnson, just I don't understand
2: listeners. This is a, it's a show. Go. Just queen. know that
1: Carlos was in the youth choir and and attended rehearsal every Saturday and sang every Sunday. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. No, no,
2: no, 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 no.
0: You can't rob all Hey, all I'm going to say is two things. I got a deep voice and it was some ladies in the choir. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I was in there.
1: I will also say that he led a song one Sunday.
2: I did. No, that's, that's I did. Not, see, that's I you did. Know, that's, that's bad radio. I'm just saying, that's bad radio. You can't do your listeners like
0: that. No, you teased. You should have heard the song.
1: <laughs> I'm listening. I can't remember. That
0: was bad I radio.
1: I can't remember the song. I do remember you. Shut d
0: do keep out the de devil. That's right. Shut d <laughs> 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 I remember it like it was yesterday. It was one of the most uncomfortable things I ever had to experience. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up.
1: Well, that's a good transition since we talked about us being made to go to church. So speaking of the mass exodus, of course, again, and I know our listeners going to start to feel like we pick on millennials. It's just that it's true. The largest part of the, the mass exodus from Organized religion is millennials. So why is that?
0: I think it's because they're more educated about religion. You know, it's not something that they were just spoon fed. It is they're seeking their own answers.
1: They're seek they're seeking their own answers. Okay, and then let's, let's also look at who are their influencers right now. Exactly. Right, we talk about social media and the influencers on social media. So the influencers now are Buddhist. The influencers now are pagan. The influencers now. Um, You know, are deep deep into these non-religious beliefs. Right. So so they're kind of following suit. Also, you know, the family structure has changed. So millennials are waiting later to get married. Right. So if they're waiting later in life to get married, that means that, you know, they don't have small children right now to go to church like we were. They're not dragging their children to church. And so, that also attributes to the declining fertility rate in the United States. So, churches are getting older, so their families are getting older, and then also churches are getting older, and that's all that's left. Carlos, if you go in some of the old churches in our older neighborhood, it's just full of older people.
0: That's if it's still open. Absolutely. Most of them are abandoned.
1: So as I was saying, um uh, with the shift of millennials doing the mass exodus uh, the majority of of older churches, so for example Carlos our neighborhood churches, the congregation is is mainly old people. Yeah. I hate to say old people, older people and they no longer have youth departments when when we were growing up our church had a very robust youth department and we were involved in everything and we had places to go on saturdays and you know i remember traveling all over the state going to state conventions and youth encampment in the summers and you know they just kept us busy um with activities and it's just it's just changed
2: yeah but you know bible school
0: I think you're looking at it from the perspective of the African-American community because, you know, most African-Americans can identify with that fact. In fact, most comedians even joked about their grandparents dragging them to church every day, all day long, and church lasting so long on Sundays and them starving in church. But you don't hear very many other cultures talking about that. Like when you look at Catholics, they in church one hour tops, in and out. And people from other cultures, their religious observances are totally different from ours as well. So
1: I'm glad you brought that up because um, in my research, I did find that PBS did a story. You know, you can find stuff everywhere now. PBS did a story and it actually showed that Episcopalians and Presbyterians had the largest exit among them because mm-hmm. we're going to touch on them. So they have felt it as well, again, amongst millennials. You know, they are raised like we are. They probably weren't dragged by their ears, but their families are definitely Presbyterian and Episcopalian. And so third, Southern Baptist has felt the biggest decline.
2: You can see that in our cultural norms and we still see remnants of it. And, and I won't get into that, but we you see it in our cultural norms and in our activities. The black community, the church was the center of the community. That's no longer the case now. And I think that oftentimes when I talk to people about conservative values, that a lot of it comes from just that aspect of just everything we did, even my summers, vocation Bible school. I I think that there had to have been eight vocation Bible schools that I went to every summer. You're right, Dr. Justin. So, the the
0: the African American church, oh, oh it was man. everything. It was the community center, the daycare center, the counselor, the <laughs> wedding chapel. Tutoring. I mean the tutoring. It was everything.
1: Everything. And and we went to vacation Bible school. And if, if you had several churches in your neighborhood, you went to everybody's vacation Bible school.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> it was like tour going right. on tour. <laughs> Every summer, right? Hey, do you go to Lone Walk? No, I don't go to Lone Walk, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the vocation Bible school. <laughs> but but the one thing about it too is, but for me, and I hate to uh, to kind of jump off topic, but on topic, is that education. Think about the reading that took place that was centered around the church, the Bible study, the vocation Bible school, you having to get up and recite and read something oh, in front yeah, of church. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Christmas was, plays, the Easter play. Oh, yeah, the whole night. Oh,
1: oh. Carlos had a few Easter speeches, too. I'm going to throw that in Oh,
0: me. yeah, pastor appreciation, the whole night. Oh, man, I'm going to tell you right now, back in the Gap, now I know it's real outdated now, but I had a brown suit that was killing them. I'm <laughs> to my butterfly collar the whole night. With the pinstripes in it. Hey. Oh, I thought I was clean. And the bell bottoms, huh? Oh, yeah. I was like a baby bumpy Johnson. <laughs> baby
2: bumpy Johnson.
1: So, lastly, uh, I also want to, you know, share that this group also distrusts authority, right? So, our generation, we believe what we were told. and, and Nor did we question it. These kids question everything. Everything. Why should I believe that? Everything. Right? Why should I believe what you tell they me? They
0: fact check everything. And
1: they have the Google. That's it. Right? And they got the Google. That's where the colloquialism come <something>.
0: from.
2: Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. I have to admit, I love it. Being at a church in Monroe where my pastor was an educator, he took that approach to uh, being a pastor and a leader of our church. And being here in Round Rock, Texas, the pastor at the church I attend now, he's the same way. He's a biblical scholar. So I love that approach to it, because if you can take an educated, open-minded, not afraid of challenge perspective to religion, I think you own it more that way because it's something that you sought and found. So I don't mind that they challenge. I just think it goes back to Queen's conversation of, uh, again, I don't think we've done a great job of passing that down to our kids. Oh, yeah. The transition of tradition
0: has definitely jumped off the track a little bit. It's all but faded away simply because there are not very many people doing it. You touched on the educational piece, Dr. Johnson, and I think that in large part has a lot to do with it. Right. As you do your research, you no longer take the information that someone gives you, you go out and seek your own truth. So you uncover way more than you anticipated which I think attributes to that newfound comfort in that particular religion. As they learn more, they get deeper in it because now they're more invested by the amount of
2: energy that they put into research. Right, it's no longer because mommy and daddy said so. It's because I found something within it that speaks to me, yes. Absolutely. Well, then I think that it also goes to, and I've seen this uh, as a trend too, to kind of piggyback off of a declining number of believers is a return to cultural beliefs. Now, being from Louisiana, <laughs> we all heard the, the conversations, right? Uh don't let her get to your drawer. She'll bear in the backyard and you can't leave. Don't eat any red sauce. <laughs> don't eat any red sauce. Don't I was do it. To avoid that. Don't, don't
0: do it. I was and, you to avoid- and you know,
1: and you know what's funny about that <laughs> is I didn't hear about that part until I left the state. So really? it was when I when I moved to California and I would say I'm from Louisiana, then people would say that, oh I ain't eating none of your spaghetti.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh. Oh no, you practice voodoo. Oh
1: no, don't she gonna bury your drawers in her yard. What right, right.
2: <laughs> I like the wife of Shaka Zulu to you. <laughs> <laughs> But I have to admit, I, I grew up hearing those stories. Uh, I have a, a, a great, great uncle that lives in St. Francisville and going to school in Baton Rouge for a little while. And I tell you, and, and a lot of it was, it was talked about. It was discussed, right? It, was, it wasn't it was uncommon at that time to hear about a voodoo priestess. But I tell you, it, it's become a lot more prevalent now.
0: Well, I'm putting shit like this here, man. The only time my family be hitting chickens is when it was finna go in the pot. <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> ritual we were performing was
1: dinner. <laughs>
2: That's hilarious.
1: You no, know, it, it's it's funny you mentioned it, uh, Dr. Johnson. I was reading about the movement of Black women returning to ancestral religions. Um, the matriarch. And- there she go. <laughs> no, I'm not getting. I'm not getting on my soapbox for this one because uh, Queen of Love her some Jesus, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting on my soapbox for this one. But I will say that I have left a uh, denomination, so I, I have had a sense of awakening myself, and I am no longer a part of a denomination because I, I don't think that. You know, just personally, I don't believe in denominations. And uh, I'll share with y'all, when I first told my mom that I uh, kind of converted to non-denominations, she said, well, do you still believe in Jesus?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing out of person's that mouth.
1: Yes, thing, yes. You know, that's the main thing. Yeah. Well, I just want to know: Do you still believe in Jesus? That's all, that count that's all that counts with Mama. that's all that counts with Mama. That's all that counts with Mama. I don't, I don't care if you're not Baptist no more, but do you still have Jesus? That's
0: what matters. <laughs> you know, but I think that denomination is divisive at its very core. When you look at the prefix, it kind of denotes that there's some separation there. I think that religion, as much as anything, should be about
2: unity and uniting a people mm-hmm. instead of separating. True. But I have to admit that in this age of information, whereas when we were younger and to kind of combine the decline and return to cultural beliefs, it's been a, a, a conversation on the aspect of returning to cultural beliefs that we were stripped of a lot of our heritage when we came to this country. Right. When we were brought to this country, and I want to say came here, when we were brought to this country. And a lot of times that they want to go back and search for themselves through these rituals and these cultural beliefs. And again, I don't lean one way or the other. I believe what I believe. And I and this is America, freedom of religion. So uh, you can believe and practice as you wish, as long as you don't infringe upon the rights of others. So I stay out of my yard, cutting my chicken's heads off. But the one thing I have to say about it is that I get wanting to find out about your ancestors and what what were their practices and what were their their beliefs and their religion, and what made them who they were. Because whether we want to admit it or not, that religion is often deeply rooted in culture. Right. So I get that, right? That journey to figure out who and what you are. Can't say that is something I would do, but I understand. It. So,
1: what I found most intriguing about. When I read about these women who were returning to their ancestral religions, one in particular called Comfa, which uh, hails from Guyana, I think, they felt that it was more of an awakening. And so when they started to practice these rituals and to the ancestors, they described it as something they felt that was always a part of them. They felt that they had connected to something deeper that was always there, but mm-hmm. they didn't know it was there. Mm.
2: All right, looking for themselves. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that most of Africa believes in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew the devil's
0: advocate was going to rear his ugly head. I knew it. I knew it. I'm open-minded, but facts are facts, right? This is true. You know, uh, stats don't lie.
2: Like the youngsters State nowadays, days, facts. And, and, and just to kind of bring up a point that's, that's pretty controversial, a lot of people don't realize that Muslims or the religion of Islam, they believe in Jesus too. Right. They just
1: don't believe he's the son of God.
2: And you know what? Jews are the same way. They don't believe he was the savior. They believe he was a prophet. Just like with Islam, they believe he was a prophet. And when I talk about the research that was done and talk about the similarities, I got a chance when I was stationed in Iraq to go to the ziggurat. Are y'all familiar with what the ziggurat is? Yeah. Ziggurats are buildings But the ziggurat I'm speaking of was the home of Abraham in Southern Iraq, and it was a common type of home in Mesopotamia. So I got the opportunity to visit the home of Abraham, what was left of it, of course, being buried for thousands of years. Well, yeah, thousands of years. And it was just great conversation to talk to. And I went there with one of our fellow soldiers, he was Muslim, of course, I'm a Christian, and just to be able to have a conversation about that common lineage, and we all know who they split from, uh, each from a son of Abraham. But the one thing that was awe-inspiring about it was that I was able to relate to someone from a different religion, and we had something in common that we could talk about on an extensive basis. So, that return to the roots, right, the root of the religion. Was an experience and it was, it it made me feel connected to another human being that had been, I won't say vilified, but sensationalized to the point that that was supposed to be someone. And mind you, we're both, we're both American soldiers with full metal jackets, Kevlar and body armor, having a conversation about our differences, about the different. But you
0: know what though, Dr. Johnson? I think the connection that you're referring to is more of a human connection. On the surface, it seemed like you guys were bonding by what you had in common, but it was ultimately just that human connection simply because the belief in the higher power is somewhat ingrained in our DNA. It is. Specifically referring to what scientists call the God gene. What is it like? H-S-A-M-I-R-3998, I think. But that's what scientists have identified as the God gene, which is inherently instilled within all of us to seek a higher power or something that's greater than ourselves that pretty much governs the outcomes of our lives yeah and i think that in addition to education science is another attributor to the decline in subscription to different religions oh
2: interesting transition
1: um i did want to touch on we can't talk about this without touching on the black israelites a little bit uh so oh (laughs) Oh, no so there's another there's another movement uh, and, you know, uh, there are the, the black Hebrews who uh, claim to be a part, you know, of the original 12 tribes. And so it's just been really interesting to see, you know, the dynamics change again from how we were raised to you know these movements that are coming about now, and so I'm I'm just saying I'm I'm really enjoying learning about the it.
0: Black Hebrews, huh?
1: The Black Hebrews.
0: So they walk around in the dresses and everything, headdress and everything.
1: <laughs> I sent you a picture.
2: I, <laughs> I don't I don't want to touch on that, but I will say this: I, I know that someone heard that I scoffed a little bit. It's not so much as their freedom of religion and, and the freedom of their beliefs. But why do you have to be so darn aggressive? Like, really? I'm
1: telling you, Dr. Johnson, there's three people I won't argue with. The the black Israelites, um, a 45 follower, mm. and you. Wow.
2: <laughs> you argue with me every week, so. You- <laughs> well, I was going to say that's an untruth because that happens weekly. <laughs> that's a false statement. Yeah, I had a barber that was a, uh Israelite, and I tell you, uh, when he brought up the passport and the fact that he's a sovereign nation within a sovereign nation, yeah, my conversation was kind of done. So wait a minute, since he's since he said he's a sovereign nation, does that mean that he don't have to pay taxes? Oh, so he said that uh, the government was illegitimate, that he didn't have to abide by unrighteous government of the United States, that he could print his own passport and travel. Wow. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, brother. I know.
0: Hey, but going back to the taxes part of it, though, did he get away with that? Uh, No. <laughs> I was just going to say, if that's the case, hell, I'm going proclaim my own religion tonight.
2: <laughs> no. No, he did not. It's one thing to file a 501c3 and call it a non-profit and, and, and seek religious protection. He just said he wasn't paying.
0: <laughs> he said, I ain't going. It ain't going to happen. He pulled a Wesley Snipes. <laughs> oh, that, that, that was below the belt. That was below the belt. You didn't have to do Blade like that, man. You didn't have to do my boy oh, like that. That was no. below the belt.
2: No, no, we can't. Hey, look, I love the Blade movies. I am a Marvel Comic Books fan, but you can only refer to him as Nino Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey,
0: but you know what, man? Nina was a snitch, though, and we don't play that where I come from. <laughs> he
2: was a rat. Well,
1: this is why I don't like talking with y'all. Uh, evolution.
2: <laughs> I don't ever. I, I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, so I would, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to segue into some research that I found. and I found something quite interesting in that i found that there is actual a field of study that's called science and religion wow and it deals a lot in philosophy something like a college course well actually a for instance the program of study a field of study that's science and religion wow and it's it's interesting in that it is a constant conversation about what's similar about the answers that we seek out within the world. Like you just mentioned, Carlos, uh, the human contact, well, the human connection, but what are the actual interactions, right? For me? And I think we're all kind of different and queen. I won't put you on the spot again, to ask for a definition, but (laughs) when you talk about science and religion, yeah. Uh, listeners, uh, I was afraid to get back on the phone after she threatened me after that. (laughs) I'm joking. She's not that way at all, guys. I'm just joking. But when we talk about at the core, the definition for science and the definition of religion, I think it makes sense to have a, a field of study because they're both looking for reason. What's the purpose? What's the reason? Why is it happening? And I think that makes sense.
1: Do you guys know any good transportation companies?
2: Like for what? Uber or Lyft or something <laughs> like that? Some road with your car or something?
1: No, I mean like heavy lift, like cross-country transportation.
2: I know of one. There's this company, Sun Alley Holdings. They deliver freight of any kind. I hear they have a great reputation and they deliver via air, ocean, and road. And the service was excellent. So I'd recommend it to any of our listeners who like to use them as a transport company.
1: So during the time that I worked um, in the K to 12 space, Dr. Johnson, I'm sure you have experienced this uh, living and working in Texas. I was surprised at the number of parents that would call the school and ask that their kids be removed from certain science classes. Mm -hmm. Or they would ask that, you know, certain content be skipped over that when the teacher was teaching, you know, certain things in science class, that their kids not be taught that because they were teaching their children creationism. And so that was my first experience with that when I lived out in California. Of course, California being a very liberal state. I was surprised at the number of families that actually called and made that request. Wow. Have, have you had that experience in Texas?
2: To be honest with you, I haven't. Uh, being in, so Austin is known as the uh, blue belly button of Texas, fairly liberal area. Living in the suburbs is pretty conservative, but I haven't had those conversations because I'll tell you, in the state of Texas, they greatly respect religious freedom. So I don't think it would have to even be a phone call or anything to that extent. It would just be from the beginning of school, the kid would tell you and you just work around it. But I've never gotten that type of request. Uh, This area is pretty diverse, very diverse thought. Uh, And again, nothing wrong with it. Your beliefs, your beliefs. and, and, And that's what this country is founded upon. If that's what you believe and you don't want your student being exposed to it, I'm actually okay with that.
1: I'm glad you kind of mentioned what this country was founded upon because although America is ultra-Christian, a lot of them probably don't know that many of the founding fathers were deist. They were not your regular Bible-thumping Christians. They did believe in one God and a higher power, Hypocrite. but they also didn't believe that God Got into the mess of your life, so to speak
0: That's because they were deep into the sciences
1: You're right, the hypocrisy of our democracy That is That our politicians are so Especially the outright Are so Christian Mm -hmm. conservative Mm -hmm. And the founders were not Ultra Christian conservative
2: Well, so I'll just say this With the fact that we have Religious freedom in this country There's an opportunity for a conversation There's a space for all Regardless of whether you believe or don't believe In this country, nothing is taken from you because of your religious beliefs. So, I truly believe this about this nation. And I'll tell you this it was a different story being in Iraq for the time I was there deployed and realizing that Shiites and Sunnis were killing each other, not because of different religious beliefs to an extent, but that each followed a different caliphate within history. And that's where the separation began. So, That there's a a tighter history between those two sects than, let's say, Calvinism and Lutheranism. And they did not have that freedom, that they were killing each other over that. So I think that's the beauty of this nation, that we we can have those disagreements and, and get upset about political practices, but we're not in the street killing each other.
0: You said that your religious preference doesn't have any bearing on how high you can soar in this country. I beg to differ. Because if you subscribe to the Rastafarian faith and you grow dreadlocks and do everything else they do, just the very stigma of being Rastafarian is going to add a ceiling to your career. And you may not want to believe that, Dr. Johnson, but I promise you, coming from a person that actually had dreadlocks, I cut them because of where I was going with my company. So I know that depending on where you are, certain things aren't acceptable big ups to California for being one of the first states to put a ban on any bearing of hair whatsoever in the workplace. It has no bearing on employment opportunity in the state of California. So I really commend Governor Gavin Newsom for having a part in that.
2: So you're saying the Democratic governor that looks like a supermodel is saying that you can look like anything and be anything. Okay. He
0: has to do. You have to do it. It's irresistible to it.
1: Right, you had to do it.
0: He has to be the devil's advocate.
2: He has to do it. Yeah, that man is a walking, living kin doll.
1: I also give kudos to California, uh, Carlos, as as being somebody who lived on the West Coast for fifteen years. I can say that that's the beauty of living there, and I have lived amongst the gamut from everything to everything, and nobody cares. You can walk out your house with a turban on, with a, a hijab on, with a full burqa on. A tunic, come in. Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody looks at you twice. And because it is such a melting pot and because there are so many diverse, um, you know, religions and, and ethnicities there. So I'm with you. Shout out to California. California knows how to party.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Kendall. Way to go. Kendall.
0: <laughs> You're a so, hater, Dr. Johnson.
2: I'm just hey, it, I'm
0: just saying uh, Uh-uh. I have to use one of your words. You're an antagonist. <laughs> is,
2: is that correct? Did I use that right? Yeah, yes,
0: yes, sir. You did. Let's go ahead and transition to this week in excellence. All
2: right. So this week in excellence, much to uh, Queen's delight, I have chosen Robert Kraft.
0: Oh man, come on!
2: The owner of the New England Patriots. Politics aside did something that really speaks to the American spirit. He got another rub and tug. Say it again. He got another rub and tug. So to speak again about (laughs) some of the great things individually that Americans are doing and I love it, you know, the media has done something right. They keep saying American, right? Can we can. So not only did he buy one million masks for his state of Massachusetts, he turned around and bought 300,000 masks for the state of New York. You could say he was serving his own personal interests by buying it for his home state and where he resided. But to turn around and do that for a state that you you don't live in and may not have as many uh, political or financial ties just speaks to the American spirit and how we overcome together. And it's that type of philanthropism and that type of care for your fellow human beings, your fellow Americans, that's really gonna get us through this unprecedented uh tough time in our lifetime. So big ups to uh Robert Kraft.
0: You talking about it speak to the American spirit. It does. In the form of capitalism. That man knows what he was doing. He was trying to get a mask to the people who buy his tickets. He wanna keep his fans alive. Well
2: and I mentioned it that it it, it could be considered self-serving in his own state, but to do it in New York and that's just one person. They put out a call for healthcare volunteers, and twenty thousand healthcare volunteers from around the country said they will put themselves on that front line, where you know most healthcare workers. And, and again, a big up to my uh, respiratory therapists out there. That you're going to, if you're the person that's responsible for dealing with those ventilators, you're. I'm constantly talking about ventilators. You're willing to put yourself on the on the front line. On a volunteer basis, that's this country.
0: Oh, yeah. Give them hazard pay, man. Give those people hazard pay, man. Everyone who's been deemed essential should receive hazard pay, man, for putting their lives on the line day in and day out. I truly believe that.
2: Well, I can't say I have an opinion either way in that aspect. Of course not. I have to say this. During my time in Iraq, Bond shot at, my hazard pay was $400 a month. Is there truly a number? Any number?
0: No, not for a life, no. No. But the consideration speaks volumes. I mean, because right now, the absence of which also speaks volumes. Mm. That's an interesting point. Queen, you sleep?
1: No, waiting on closing remarks.
2: I mean, I understand he's a 45 supporter. You can't even give him props for doing something positive?
1: Okay, don't make me seem out to be petty. (laughs) That was a good thing.
2: Thank you.
0: Awesome. Hey, that was like pulling teeth, was it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, little it high high. Little hey, that little was a proverbial year. root canal. <laughs> hey,
1: listen, it hurt a little bit. I know. Hey, I, I,
2: I, she had to admit that Bush's bailout worked, and now she's praising a 45 supporter. Hey, I
1: didn't praise him. I did not praise him. I just said that was a good thing, and you forced my hand to do that. <laughs> I was quiet. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know Dr. Johnson is a fortified missionary. I am not. I am not.
2: Let me say that one more time.
1: I am not. Your your khakis and your tiki are showing. That's
2: it. Hey, so hold on, hold on. So who am I, Tyrone
1: Bickham's? (laughs) God, I hope not.
0: No, you you the other guy. uh, What's the black white supremacist's name?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's
2: you. well, I forgot his name.
0: What was his name?
2: No, no, no. She's calling me Samuel L. Jackson. That's what she's calling me. James.
1: <laughs> no, no, I didn't.
2: That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. I
1: didn't. <laughs> actually, I, actually, I was alluding to those guys that had those khaki pants on with the tiki torches. Yeah.
2: The, yeah. I, is there any distinguish between... Right? Okay. So, what's better? Uh... Uncle Tom or White
1: Supremacist? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's both pretty bad. That's both pretty bad. Oh, I will tell goodness. you,
0: man, you the real life Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: that was his name. That was his name. Hey, Tyrone was the crackhead. You're that right. was his name. Right, Tyrone was
0: the crackhead. <laughs> yeah, that was him. Clayton Bigsby, the Black White Supremacist.
2: As our listeners know, I am an independent. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. Hey,
0: action, speak louder than words, Dr. Johnson.
2: It's not that. It's just that it's the vitriol on both sides of this. I remember when Obama was in office, I couldn't stand to watch Fox News. I don't care if he tied his shoelaces wrong. They attacked him from the bottom to the top. Oh, yeah, they wore him out. I watch CNN and MSNBC. You swear to God that Trump woke up every morning and took a Uzi to the legislative body. It's too
1: much. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to take the bait cuz we'll be here all night. Vitriol. He keep trying to bait me
2: Vitriol.
1: He keep trying to bait me in Carlos, but I'm not going to do it. it he today. tried
0: it. <laughs> anyway, closing remarks queen.
1: Um, Um, I want to finish with one of my favorite definitions. She
0: going to the quote book. Uh,
1: You know I am because I'm deep like that. (laughs) (laughs) My soul honors your soul. I honor the place in you where the universe resides. I honor the light, love, truth, beauty, and peace within you because it is also within me. In sharing these things, we are united. We are the same. We are one. Namaste. Hey.
0: (laughs) No, no, no.
1: That wasn't it. That wasn't
2: it. Dr. Johnson? Well, I'll make this week short and sweet. I think we all know I can be a bit loquacious, but that's okay.
0: Um, That's long-winded for the lay people listening. (laughs) Like myself, apparently.
2: (laughs) Uh, Self-proclaimed. So there's one quote, and I usually don't do quotes, but I've liked this one. And I think it, again, kind of fits. Uh, with the theme and what we've been discussing. And it's kind of folksy and down home. If you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. And that's by uh, Dolly Parton. And uh, I think that's true about any of this. We've got to look to the bright side of, of everything that's going on now. Can't have too much despair to because we've got to realize that uh, as we've talked about uh, and, and love that we're doing the show of religion, holding on to your faith will get you through this time period. And Looking forward to what this country, this nation, this world looks like after all of this is done. So listeners, hang in there. While you're sitting at home, just know that we're here to entertain, and hopefully we've uh, taken your mind away from some of the things that you may be experiencing, the anxiety, the frustrations that you may be experiencing right now. So
0: I would just have to say that for our listeners out there, if you're not one of those people who already do, seek your own truth. You know, seek your own truth in this life. Don't get spoon fed information. Don't just go with what's on blogs. Seek your own facts so you can be informed and make an informed decision for yourself and your families. Also, I just want to close by saying that despite what your beliefs are, in times of crisis, everybody knows the value of Christ. This has been Chewing the Fat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we ask that you like, share, subscribe send us suggested topics, or give us any kind
2: of feedback whatsoever. And that's at fat at gmail.com, C-H-E-W-I-N-T-H-A-F-A-T at gmail.
1: Also, like our Facebook page, follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.
0: Well said. Good night, everyone.